It was around nine in the morning when they finally got to it. And they led him out to the place of the skull, sort of a rubbish tip outside the city. And that's where they nailed him to the cross. And then they hoisted him up and placed him between two other men that were there, condemned to die. And the soldiers that were with him laughed and joked as they threw stones for his clothes, the last of his earthly possessions. And many that were there mocked him and threw jibes at him and said, Come on then, save yourself. Aren't you the king of the Jews? What was all that nonsense about destroying the temple and building it again in three days? Or were you just full of it? And Jesus looked on from the cross. And then he looked to heaven and he prayed, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And he did little to deter their malice or contempt. And in fact, one of those that was being crucified with him joined in and said, yeah, go on, save yourself. And while you're at it, save us as well. But the chap on the other side spoke up and said, don't you fear, God? We deserve this, but this man has done nothing wrong. And then he turned to Jesus and said, Lord, remember me. And Jesus turned to him and said, this day you'll be with me in paradise. And as time wore on, the crowd began to thin and Jesus noticed his mother and one of his closest friends, John. And he looked at his mother and he said, this is your son, turning his head to John. And to John he said, this is your mother. And he was satisfied knowing that they would care for each other. And then time moved on further still and the darkness came. Around midday it was an unnatural darkness that lasted for three hours. And it was quiet now, watching, waiting. And then Jesus spoke again, this time loudly. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Into the darkness, his words hung there. And then, as if remembering something else, he said, I thirst. And someone stuck a sponge in some vinegar and put it on a branch and held it up to him. Jesus knew that the time had come. He prayed a final prayer to his father. He said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And then with his final cry, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and he died. Over the last few Sundays, we've been looking at the words of Jesus on the cross. And we've said on a number of occasions that all the words are in all of the Gospels. But as we sort of prepare for tonight, and as I prepare for tonight, to immerse ourselves 
in this day, in Good Friday, in the day that Jesus died for us. I wanted to have the most complete picture that I could of what Jesus did for us. So I read through the accounts side by side and wrote down what I just relayed to you. And after I finished speaking, we're going to spend some time going around and looking at some of the imagery and some of the iconography connected to the cross and thinking about for ourselves what it was that he went through. And I would encourage you just to read those accounts for yourself before we get to Sunday and just experience with Jesus what he went through. But this evening I just want to spend 10, 15 minutes on the final words that Jesus spoke on the cross. It is finished. Three words for us, one word for Jesus. To telestai in the Greek. A final cry as Mark and Matthew recorded it. His last words to us. Not his last words ever, but his last words on the cross. And for 33 years, Jesus had been on this earth, fulfilling his mission from God. Not 24 hours earlier had he prayed to God in the garden, Father, if this cup can pass for me, then let it, but not my will, but yours. And he committed himself to finishing the work that God had called him to do to fulfilling all of the things that had been written about him before time. So many different prophecies, so many different things that said what he was going to do. And some he had no choice over. His lineage, he was from the line of David. His birthplace was Bethlehem, was written before him. And um, that he would be born of a virgin was written about him. These things he had no choice over. But how he lived his life and his miracles and ultimately his death, he had choice over. And he chose to fulfill what God had called him to do. And in fact, most of the things that he said on the cross were fulfillments of scriptures, of things that it was foretold that he would say and do for us. And then he spoke his final words, it is finished. And he didn't say, I am finished. He said, it is finished. He was talking about his work. And there's a few things that I just want to explore with you tonight in terms of what it was that Jesus finished on the cross. And the first thing is that the system was finished. What was the system? Well, God gave his people a certain way to live, a certain way of being, and called it his law. But it wasn't a law that restricts, it wasn't a law that binds, it wasn't supposed to be this demonstrative thing that that, that kept people bound, but it was supposed to be a law that brought people to God, that kept God as the focus, that showed them the absolute best way to live, but the people, God's people, couldn't keep the law. So God had to design a system a way that their sins could be overlooked. And sacrifices were made in place of things, in place of sins, in in place of things that were done against what God had expected them to do. In number 614, it says that they are to present their offerings to the Lord. A year-old male lamb without defect for a burnt offering. A year-old ewe lamb without defect for a sin offering. A ram without defect for a fellowship offering, and so on and so on. And you see there were all these different sacrifices that could be made to cover up for the people's sin. But the problem is they had to be keep being made again and again and again 
and again because we could not fulfill the law, we could not fulfill the expectation of God. And it's this never-ending cycle. And no one could do it except for Jesus. Jesus was the only one that never needed to make a sacrifice to be right for God. Nothing. He was like those sheep without defect, without fault, having never lived differently to how God expected him to. In fact, Jesus himself said, Do not think I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them, to live up to God's standard. He was the only one that could. And then when he had fulfilled the law, he sacrificed himself for us. And Jesus saying it is finished is his way of saying, I have done everything that needed to be done to put you right with God. The absolute perfect sacrifice once and for all. And there is nothing that we can do. There is no work that we can do for God. There is nothing that we can do to add anything to the sacrifice of Jesus. Nothing. And conversely, there's nothing that we have done or will do that isn't covered by the sacrifice of Jesus. And so if we're in a position where we're trying to earn God's favour, where we're trying to do things to put ourselves right with God, then we need to hear tonight Jesus' words, it is finished. You can stop trying yourselves to put yourself right with God, to make the right sacrifices for him, because Jesus has done that. The system is over. Secondly, sin is finished. Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death. And the problem with sin isn't so much that it makes us bad people, it's that it makes us dead. It disconnects us from God. God who brings us life. And it says in Genesis, doesn't it, that God breathed his life into us. Paul, when he's writing uh, in the book of Acts chapter 17, says that we move and have our being in God. We live and move and have our being in him. All life is from God and sin disconnects us from him. And we become spiritually dead and then eventually we become dead dead. And the trouble with being dead is that you can't do anything to improve your condition. (laughs) When you're dead, you're dead, that's it. And this is the trouble with sin. But on the cross, Jesus took our sin. 1 Peter 2.24 says he bore our sins in his body on the cross. And then he died. Not a fake death, not a pretend death, not a resuscitation, but a real death. Jesus took the wages of our sin on the cross. Romans 5, 6 says, You see, just at the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And he died for us so that we never need to experience death as a result of our sin. Good, right? Shame is finished. We may be able to accept that we 
haven't got to work for our salvation and we may be able to accept um, that our, our, our sins are forgiven and that we never need to face death because of them. But a lot of us are still carrying around the shame and guilt of ways in which that we've, we've led our life and things that we've done. And it can have a crippling effect on us. It can stop us in our tracks and we can be so focused on our past and the things that we've done and so guilt-ridden over them that we're prevented from moving forward and living in the now. And becoming mobile. How could God ever love me? Look at what I've done. How could he care about me? Because I keep doing that thing every time and I'm so ashamed and so frustrated by it. And we get stuck with this condemnation. To tell us that it is finished, as Jesus said it, is written in the perfect tense. Now, I, I didn't do very well at GCSE English at school, so I had to look this up. But the perfect tense means that the action has been completed and that the result of the action is ongoing with full effect. Not only did Jesus finish it then, there on the cross, but it is always finished for us. It is always dealt with. Romans 8 says, Therefore there is no, now, there is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Because through Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. If we're struggling this evening with shame and guilt from past mistakes or things that we feel we can't get free from, we need to hear those words of Jesus again. It is finished. There's no shame. There's no guilt. That's been dealt with. And one final thing. Self is finished. Because of Jesus' sacrifice for us on the cross, we are free to live for God and not for ourselves. We're free from our own selfish desires, our own sinful nature, and we're free to live in the plan and the purpose that God has prepared for each of us. Romans 6, 6 says, For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Our old ways are finished, and we are free to live for him with a life full of purpose and meaning. Because Jesus' last words on the cross, it is finished, are actually our first words. It's where we get to start again. It's where we get to start from. Free from systems, free from doing it ourselves, free from sin, free from death, free from shame and free from guilt. We get to live for him. And I want to just summarize what I've been saying with a passage from Ephesians 2 because the Bible puts it much better than I can. Ephesians 2 verse 4 says this. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgression. Death is finished. It's by grace you have been saved and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, not from yourselves. It is a gift from God, not by works, so no one can boast. There's nothing we can add to salvation. 
It's God's gift to us. He's done this for us. Verse 10, for we are God's handiwork. I love that. Not shameful creatures, not creatures of condemnation, but God's handiwork. God has made us. We are God's work, God's creation through Jesus. There's no room for shame in there. And finally, created in Christ Jesus. What for? To do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Created with a purpose. It is finished. I have done it. You are free from all of this to live for me. Amen. Let's pray.